0: Hey everybody, it's Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, February 14th, 2021. Uh, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Not really any announcements today. Uh, We do have some changes that are going to be taking place regarding uh, where the videos are uploaded. I found out that I'm being censored on YouTube. I don't have a huge following on there, but it seems like they're going after anyone that is preaching anything to do with the gospel or anything contrary to the uh, satanic narrative that that is pretty much commonplace throughout the world now. So I'm going to be switching everything over to a new platform. Uh, hopefully, I'll start that this week, and I'll share it with you guys next week. Uh, the title of the sermon today is "Devote yourselves to prayer," and it's based on Colossians uh, chapter four, verses two through four. So let's pray, and we will get into the message. Heavenly Father, we thank you again that we're able to gather here online uh, to learn of you, to learn of your word, uh, to study your word. And Lord, the topic for today is so important the topic of prayer, uh, which is vital in the life of believers. And Lord, I just ask that you would open each uh, spirit and mind and heart to this message today, that you would do a mighty work through it, that you would comfort those that are suffering through prayer that you would uh, touch the hearts of those that don't know you, to be drawn to prayer through the gospel, and you would edify and strengthen your saints, uh, that we would pray more diligently and more fervently and with greater zeal uh, in our daily walk with you. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the title of the sermon, Devote Yourselves to Prayer, Colossians 4, 2 through 4. Uh, Like I say every week, if you have any trouble hearing or seeing, please just comment. uh, If you're watching on the Facebook page of the Way Ministry Church, and I'll try to correct it. And I don't see any comments on my personal Facebook page until after the message. Let's look at Colossians 4 2 through 4 to get started, which say, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth, excuse me, the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. So what I'm going to do is take just these few verses here, Colossians uh, 4 verses 2, 3, and 4, and I just want to go through each verse because there's so much for us To learn as we study this portion of scripture here. So let's look at verse 2, Colossians 4 2, where he says, Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Devote yourselves. A definition of devote yourselves would be to be earnest in prayer, to be unwearied in prayer, to be steadfast in prayer, and to continue constantly in prayer, in study of the word. And a point that I also want to make here is it's very common in much of the modern church to understand what proper prayer is. And people will often get a, uh, a, a an erroneous understanding of what prayer is. And one point I want to make is that prayer is not escapism. It is the true reality. And the reason i say that is quite often unbelievers will look at christians as uh, individuals that might be weak that might not be able to uh, cope with the pressures of the world and the pressures of this life so they so the weak people tend to need to rely on some kind of belief system or religion in order to cope that's a common uh, worldly teaching that is totally untrue. And they'll look at us as we pray and think, well, they're just escaping from reality and going off into this fantasy land. And uh, that's what prayer gives them. No, prayer is actually the only true reality. We can, can totally affect our lives, ourselves, and those around us and the things that take place in the world through the power of prayer, as long as it's according to the will of God, and we are approaching God's throne of grace through the name of Jesus Christ, or in the name of Jesus Christ, and the message of the gospel. So prayer is not escapism. It is actually the only true reality. So he says, devote yourselves. And then the next part of the the scripture is to prayer. So what he's referring to here is what I like to call militant prayer or prayer that is keeping us alert. And I want you to, the reason I use that word militant is because I want you to picture prayer as being our supply line that Satan is constantly seeking to destroy. So I've talked about before the fact that we are, as Christians, on a, in a spiritual battle. We are engaged in the battle of good and evil of the gospel of truth versus a world of lies. And as we are engaged in that battle in Christ's army, our greatest and most important and valuable supply line is the supply line of prayer. And Satan is constantly seeking to do whatever he can to destroy that supply line, because he knows if he can corrupt the supply line of prayer between the saints and God, that he's going To cause much damage. And I think this is a very, very important thing for us to understand, especially in the times in which we live, because I know in my own life, something that I have to constantly be aware of is to try as much, as hard as I can, to not neglect prayer. And I'll be honest with you, even being in ministry, being a pastor, prayer I feel is constantly neglected because of busyness, because of interruption, because of technology, because of noise. And, like I've said before, we have to make a very diligent and uh, concerted effort to step out of the world and to spend time in prayer, seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit and communion with the Lord. Very, very important. And Satan is doing everything he can to push against that. And just think of the examples that I gave you modern entertainment, television, cell phones, social media, whatever it is. Sometimes just look back in the evenings over your day and look at how much time was wasted on things that absolutely serve no purpose, and that time could have been spent in prayer, in God's Word, in the study of Scripture. You see? Very important important lesson for us to learn. Think of prayer as our supply line, and Satan is always find, trying to find ways to disrupt that the supply line and to corrupt it and to keep us from prayer. Without prayer, we cannot carry out the ministries <clears throat> that the Lord has blessed us with. You cannot do the job or carry out the role that you have been blessed with in Christ if you are not praying regularly and keeping that supply line open. And now every I want you to understand this as well, and I've shared this with you guys before. Every Christian is in ministry. A unique ministry for every individual that the Lord has prepared for us. So, whether you're, you don't have to be a pastor, you don't have to be a Christian writer, you don't have to be an elder in your church. Every single believer in Christ is blessed with a ministry. Very, very important to understand. So every Christian is in ministry, and it's a unique ministry that the Lord has prepared for you. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, pull this up. Devote. Oh, sorry, I missed a verse there. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Paul's not writing to people that are in formal ministry there or church leadership. He's talking to every believer there. So for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Now, I do want to make a point here. Many children from Christian families in the age in which we live are led astray because the average Christian doesn't realize that they are in ministry. Think back for how many generations the common view of church by Christian families has been, um, we're doing what we're supposed to do because we take our kids to church every Sunday and they go to Sunday school and they hear something of the gospel or they hear something of the word. Now, I don't think anybody would argue the fact that the majority of of Sunday schools nowadays um, aren't even touching on the gospel message or the word of God. They're mostly just an extension of the entertainment center that the church has become. But even if you're going to a solid biblical church that is teaching the word of God to your kids on Sundays and seeking to share with them the message of the gospel and ground them in the gospel and raise them up as disciples of Christ, that's a couple hours a week. If you're a family Your first level of ministry is to your family. You see? No matter what you do in Christian ministry, whether you are a pastor, an elder, worship leader, whatever it is, your first level of ministry is to your immediate family. That's your first responsibility. And that has been neglected for a very long time in many instances. And that's why so many Christian kids now are led astray as soon as they go out into the world, because they have not been given any grounding in the world in the word. You see? Jesus is the way, and he's the truth, and he's the life. We find the way, we understand the truth, and we are blessed with true eternal life in Christ by grace, through prayer, and communion with him. You cannot have a healthy, solid, I'll use the word prosperous, but I don't mean it in a worldly sense, prosperous and fruitful relationship with Christ if you are not seeking Him constantly through prayer, meditating on His Word, and seeking to be in communion with Him. Another point I want to make about prayer, all the promises of God are fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we grasp those promises of God through faithful prayer. This is something that you don't hear enough about, I believe, in the church today. The promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 tells us, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. So I want you to think about, and this is one of those areas where we see the power of God's Word in Scripture, and we see how to use Scripture to overcome so many things that the world seeks humanistic ways of combating. And I'm talking about depression, uh, mental illness, um, struggles, whatever it is in life. If you're troubled, I think, I believe one of the most effective ways that you can overcome the things that are troubling you is to search the scriptures for God's promises because they are all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Whatever it is that's troubling you, go prayerfully to the word and try to find how that is addressed through the promises of God and bring that promise to the throne of God in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will find peace for the troubles that are haunting you. You see, that is how you use scripture in prayer. Go back through the Old Testament and look at how Abraham prayed and Isaac and all, all the, the amazing figures down through church history. And you'll see instance after instance of them bringing God's promises before him and pleading his promises to him prayerfully to overcome whatever it is that they were struggling with. I want to look at something in a little bit of a different viewpoint here. And this goes back to my sermon from either either last week or the week before that was entitled Tribulation and then Victory. If you look at Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition, petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, what's one of the things that's fascinating about this is I want you to consider that Paul here is asking Gentiles to intercede in prayer on his behalf. Jews and Gentiles, like I stated in that previous sermon, are now one as the body of Christ. Ephesians 2, 18 through 19 says, For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. The reason this really fascinated me today is what we're seeing is Paul reflecting the new creation that he is in Christ in a very profound way. Because if you understand the viewpoint that Paul had as a Jew, a Pharisee, a very highly educated Jew, studied at the highest levels of Jewish study, there is no way before he was made a new creation in Christ that he would have even acknowledge Gentiles as having any spiritual value whatsoever. And there is no way that he would have asked Gentiles to pray for him. So what this shows me is the profound power that was worked in him and the new creation that he had become in Christ Jesus to the extent that the old man that he used to be was so abolished and he was such a new creation in Christ that now he understood that he was one with the Gentiles in Christ, and we see him actually asking for the Gentiles to intercede for his ministry prayerfully. Huge lesson right there for us in the, what Jesus does when he tra- when we're transformed and we're, we're regenerated and made a new creation in Christ. Powerful lesson in that. The next section is, it says, Keeping alert. We are to keep alert in prayer, alert and intent in praying. Folks, the world is asleep. The reason we see so much chaos and confusion and evil in the world right now is because the world is asleep to the truth. The world is asleep and has been lulled to sleep into a deeper and deeper sleep by lies and the sinister. Manipulations of Satan. And because they're asleep, they cannot see the destructive road that they're moving down. I'll give you an example of this whole thing with with the COVID 19 pandemic. This would have never gotten as abusive as, as it has become all over the world if more people simply took the time to wake up to the truth of what was going on and say, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. You see, that's just one example. And if you look at what's going on in America with just the the rampant hatred and the violence and the riots that we've seen take place so much over the last year or two, you realize that these things happen because the world is outside of the truth. The world is asleep to the truth that is only found in Jesus Christ. But Christians are awake, we are alert, and we are on guard. So the things of this world that are so evil and false and sinister cannot have an effect on us. So we are to be awake, keeping alert in Jesus Christ. And as we pray, we are to do it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Folks, I've said this over and over again over the years. The antidote, to, the antidote to fear, to anxiety, and worry is to have an attitude of thanksgiving. So how do you have an attitude of thanksgiving? You meditate on the message of the gospel. You meditate on the person and work of Jesus Christ. You meditate on the attributes of God. Though You meditate on the promises of God. Like I talked about earlier, those are all found in Scripture. And understand this, that an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude will not pour forth from us without being blessed to understand the gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. If you don't truly understand the gospel, If you're not truly in Jesus Christ, abiding in him and part of his body, which is the church, you will not be able to cultivate a true and meaningful attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude because it's only found through that proper understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, meditate on that and you will gain mastery over so much of what weighs down the human race. I want to give you an example of a picture of what it is to meditate on this gospel message. And the fascinating thing about this example is this was years, generations, maybe a thousand years, I forget how far it was before the time of Christ, because it comes from the book of Isaiah. Let's look at Isaiah 12, 1 through 6, and we see Isaiah writing down his meditation on the gospel message and his celebrating it. Then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And in that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for he has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. That is a picture of a meditation of the gospel message that we have in Jesus Christ. It's just a a beautiful picture for us to study. Write that verse down and remember that. If you're ever struggling, you're ever depressed, you feel feel anxious or or worried, that's one of the beautiful portions of scripture to go to and to meditate on. Now let's look at Colossians four three. Praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up for that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned. He says praying at the same time for us as well. What he's talking about is interceding and a great concern for the body and the cause of Christ, this is hugely important right now. I constantly talk about the grave concerns I have about the modern church and how the, com- the the most common opinion amongst biblical teachers and pastors these days is that 90% of the professing Christian church throughout the world, and especially in America, is not saved, has no understanding of the gospel, and is far from the body of Christ. Only about 10%. Is the estimate of what the true is, is, uh, of what we see as the visible church is actually the church today. So it's very important that we pray and we intercede for the true church, that it would be strengthened, that it would be sharpened, that it would shine more brightly, and that more would be brought into it through the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he continues that God will open up to us a door for the word that God will open up to us a door for the word. What Paul's talking about here is an opportunity for the gospel to be proclaimed in new places, the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what's really interesting is he uses this analogy of open up to us a door for the word. And I want to give you some examples here of that same term being used in different places throughout scripture. Acts 14, 27. When they had arrived and gathered, in the, gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. 1 Corinthians 16, 8-9, but I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective service has opened to me and there are many adversaries. That's one of my favorite pictures of that door being opened. Paul wants to remain in Ephesus. He wants to remain engaged in the work there that he's doing in the cause of the gospel. Why? Because there are many adversaries. There are so many false teachings. There is so much corruption and evil there that he wants to make a concerted battle effort against it. And then look at 2 Corinthians 2.12. Now, when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was opened for me in the Lord, And I wrote that one twice. I apologize. So Paul used this picture over and over again throughout his writings in the New Testament. A door open for the gospel. We should be praying for that constantly for ourselves and for everyone that is seeking to carry out the message and the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. That doors would be open for the truth of that message. Then he continues, so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ. What is it to speak forth the mystery of Christ? Simple. I've already answered that question. To speak forth the gospel. That is the mystery of Christ. The gospel is the revelation of the mystery of God and his creation, and it's all summed up in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Look at Colossians 1, 25 through 27. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul's giving us a picture of what I'm talking about right there. The mystery of the gospel is the reason for all of creation. So, I have questions for you. If you are, one point I wanted to make, I want to go back to this portion about open a door for us for the word. One thing we have to learn since we all each have our individual ministries, God will open doors and he will lead us down a path for a while, and then he will open another door or he will close a door. I think what we have to learn is we just need to be moving forward prayerfully. I've had to learn this in ministry over and over again. Right now with our ministry in Kenya, we're making some big changes. The Lord has has closed a few doors there. He's revealed some things that needed to change. And he's opened a new door in another direction there that looks extremely promising. And I'll get into more of this later. But I I just want to share that because myself in ministry have had to really pray about which direction or which door was opening just in the last few weeks because of some changes that have taken place in ministry? But I want you guys to ask yourselves these questions. If you're a Christian, how dear to you is the gospel? How concerned are you and how engaged are you in the cause of the gospel? We are at a time in history when Christians should not be sitting on the sidelines. We should all be as engaged as we possibly can in furthering the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is too much complacency, there's too much apathy, and there's too much laziness among professing Christians, especially in America. We have got to get off the bench, engage in the battle, and strive to move forward in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, something else I wanted to talk about along the lines of ministry, A ministry is biblically valid only if it is engaged in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is extremely important for the age in which we live. If you look at how many people on social media claim to be ministers or in ministry, but nothing they do has to do with the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They may help people. They may do some nice things. They may put out nice, whatever it is, nice music, whatever it is. But unless you are engaged in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is not a biblical ministry. And it's very sad that so many of these quasi or false ministries consume so many resources while genuine ministries that are striving to move forward with the gospel suffer painfully because they're so limited because of lack of resources. This is a very huge problem in the modern church. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All, that, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is to prove the point that I just made. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Study that it's fascinating when you really realize that if you are going to engage in genuine Christian ministry, you have got to be engaged in the ministry of reconciliation, which is referring to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which says we cannot be reconciled to God unless we come through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So it's not what you do, it's why you do it. Again, this is that hard issue that I talked about last week. And then Paul continues, for which I have also been imprisoned. So Paul is imprisoned because of what he's writing about, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is imprisoned in Rome because of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles and exposing the grave grave errors of the Jews. After this message, just go read Acts chapter 22, and it'll talk about that. Paul shares with the Jews that the message of salvation has gone to the Gentiles because the Jews have rejected it. And then he exposes to them their grave error and they seek to kill him. And this is why he's imprisoned. Paul's imprisonment obviously tested him. Yet, even in captivity, he sought opportunities for the proclamation of the gospel. That's what we see here. The things that we're reading about were written while he was in prison. In order to remain faithfully strong and steadfast in such conditions, meaning prison, he needed the prayerful support of believers. That's what he's asking for from these Colossian believers in this letter. Matthew Henry says, the people must must pray particularly for their ministers and bear them upon their hearts at all times at the throne of grace. Folks, being in ministry myself, And being a pastor now for, I guess, going on 10 years or so, I cannot reiterate enough how important that is for the age in which we live. It is absolutely a brutal time to be engaged in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to constantly battle frustration, complete lack of resources, betrayal, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you, this is just the way it is. And you can talk to any biblical pastor, and I think they will agree with me. You've got to be praying for people that are preaching the gospel, because it is extremely difficult nowadays. And now, like I said, we're being taken off of YouTube, being eliminated from social media, while the false teachers have money pouring in, and they just the world just gives them anything they want. But prayer is more powerful than anything the world has to offer. So pray for those in ministry. Let's look at the last verse here, Colossians 4 4, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Now, I don't feel that Paul was referring to his ability as a speaker, but to the supreme and eternal aspects of the message he had been called to speak. I believe because Paul was a Pharisee, he'd been raised in Judaism, that he knew. How to speak. I don't know how eloquent he was because later in in other parts of his letters, he sort of uh, claims that he wasn't a great speaker. but, But I think what he's referring to here is he's concerned with the supreme and eternal aspects of the message that he had been called to speak. He understood the incredible and blessed burden of proclaiming the very word of God and this is another reason you have to pray for those that have been called to preach the gospel because it is an extremely heavy burden the Lord helps us carry it but when you are preaching the gospel you have got to understand you are preaching the word of God and it should never be taken flippantly or lightly Hebrews 4:12 says For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the word that we preach. Have you ever considered the consequences of error in such a calling and endeavor? If you neglect to be diligent and you neglect to be discerning, and you go out and you just preach whatever you think sounds good or whatever people want to hear, and you twist the word of God, or you take out the parts that you don't people you don't think people like. Have you ever considered the eternal consequences of that neglect? Do you want to have to answer for that someday? Very serious thing to consider. And again, when it comes right down to it, the majority of the modern church takes the word of God lightly. Or even views it with contempt. It's just the way it is. I'll close with Romans 1 16 and 17. I think it's a great verse to meditate on this week. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blessed burden that the gospel message is. The word burden seems negative, but it is a joyous burden uh, to be able to preach the word, to study the word, to pray about the word, and to share the word. Lord, I ask that you would touch each heart that hears this message, that you would do a mighty work through it. For those that don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would have their hearts, uh, that you would take their hearts of flesh and replace them, their hearts of stone and replace them with the hearts of flesh that would understand your gospel and would seek you. Lord, please just uh, guide us in the coming week. Open doors of opportunity for the gospel and help us to stay true to the path that you set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening this week, you guys. our website is the way the letter R 122org If you'd like to listen to this as a, this, uh, I preach on Sundays and then it's published as a video on YouTube. That's soon to be transferred to another platform. And then it's also published at the Christian podcast community.org. You can go there and search for the way radio and you can hear the audio of every sermon. It's re- it's released on the way radio podcast. Um, and if you'd like to donate and help us, we need all the help we can get. It's extremely tight right now. Um, We're going through a crazy time, uh, but the Lord is continuing to open more doors of opportunity that we wish to pursue, so please prayerfully consider helping us uh, to just uh, do more in the cause of the gospel, and you can do that by going to The Way, the letter R122.org, and just click on the donate uh, page there, and you can figure out the rest. Um, Thank you so much again for watching, and we will be back here next week, same time, same place. God bless you guys.